0: and turn to Revelation chapter 21, verse number 7. Just a simple message here this morning. It's not going to be real in depth. And and, uh, what I want to get across is just simply the, the regulations or the prohibitions of heaven. Title of the message is Count Me Out. Count me out. In Revelation chapter 21, verse number 7, the Bible says, And there shall in no wise enter into it, we're talking about heaven, the land that no one will grow old and die, for, uh, there will be no parting, there will be no uh, sorrow or pain, former things have passed away, let talking about heaven. And there shall in no wise enter into that place, enter into it, anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, Lord, for this, your word. I pray that you help us to see some things that would be a blessing. Lord, I, I pray that you would um, help us to kind of stop and pause and, and, and uh, give consideration. When you said, uh, let us reason together, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Lord, help us to reason. Help us to, to see your... Um, arguments and, and uh, the revelation of what heaven is and the prohibitions of heaven, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to, to see your great love for us. Lord, I pray that you'd make a difference in our lives, especially if there's one here that's without Christ, they've never been born again, <clears throat> maybe they know about religion or about being saved, but they've never taken you on as their Lord and their Savior. So Lord, I pray that you just bless, bless in Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we tried to figure out that how God was going to wipe the tears of love and compassion for the condemned away from the eyes and the hearts of believers in heaven. You remember Isaiah 65, verse number 17 was our text. For behold, God says, I create new heavens and new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. And we emphasize that... God would somehow erase memories of those suffering throughout eternity, spare believers. And we don't know how he's going to do that, but there's some suggestions. But it seems to be clear, as, as the Lord made it clear, there are some things that he's going to wipe from our memories, push the delete button to where those that are condemned that we love may have missed heaven and they're in hell shall not be remembered, nor come into mine. What sobering thoughts. Now this morning, we're going to continue our gaze over the fence to that land where we'll never grow old. Heaven. I am looking forward to heaven. Every day, I'm looking forward to heaven even more. You may have heard Roy Holbert passed over into glory this last week. Roy and Mary would sit right about where Rick is uh, on Sunday mornings. And uh, when they first came, um, Mary would work in the nursery as an elderly woman, but she had her senses and her wit about her and, and she loved children. She loved your kids, my kids. And I gave her a lot of grandkids to love. and so anyway, she loved she loved them children, wanted to work in the nursery and she did she worked in the nursery until she could and you really couldn't you know bend down and, and that kind of thing. As, her body just didn't let her, and so she couldn't do that, but she still, she loved the kids. She'd always have candy in her purse to try to give to the kids in, in, in uh, objection to the parents. <laughs> but uh, um, she was just a, she is just a tremendous believer. She um, loves the Lord. Roy, I never saw anybody so selfless and so, so much of, a, so much of a, a cheerleader, so much of a in, in Mary's corner as any man. And they loved the Lord, and they would be here, and they'd be here as often as they could, and as their age continued to uh, to uh, increase um, less and less ability that they had physically, and then they couldn't, they could hardly attend church any longer, and they uh, moved over in Arlington or somewhere above there uh, in a home. And they, there they were until about, I don't know, six or eight months ago, we, we heard from Roy and, the doctor said that they would, he only had maybe six months to live. He had a growth that was in his, near his esophagus and it, and it was, they, they knew they really, they really couldn't do anything about that. The last time that Diana and I visited, he couldn't talk because it kind of, it, it affected his, his vocal cords. And he couldn't talk and he wanted to talk so much. He wanted to say something so badly. He was so grateful that we were there. I, I loved Roy well he's in heaven today he's in that land by the way we need to pray for Mary her her mind has pretty much gone and uh, so she doesn't remember anybody any longer you could go visit the last that we were there she didn't remember us at first but then after a while she remembered the trouble I gave her <laughs> and, then, and then she oh yes I recall you're the preacher so anyway uh, um, so Mary's going to have to move to another facility and Anyway, you pray for that family. It's got to be difficult. Doug Hopper, who would sit where Brother Marty is in the back. Marty, raise your hand. You remember Doug. He was he sat back there, a large man who bawled, and, and he, last several months, couldn't get along without a walker or something like that. He's been in and out of the hospital. He just went to the hospital this last week, and... Uh, he called me and said, Pastor, they, uh, they told me about the situation of my heart, and, which is getting water on it, and then they, they could you know, remove the water, and then it, it would gain more water, and it would remove. And they said it's a cycle, and it's just going to continue because there's part of his heart that is not working. And, it, and they know, the, the, the doctors that are familiar with heart conditions, unless the Lord intervenes, they say that he has maybe six months, maybe less than that. So he's actually today moving from the hospital back home to set up hospice. And, and he'll, hopefully he'll be able to be around here uh, as he can, but he's, he's uh, moved into hospice. I, I've never seen anybody with such a good attitude, good spirit about it. And he, he knows the Lord, he loves the Lord, been loving the Lord for much of his life and He's looking forward to heaven. <clears throat> he said, Well, preacher, one thing's for sure. I, I now can eat anything I want to eat, <laughs> and nobody can stop me. <laughs> Brother Doug, he would be at the Saturday morning men's uh, Bible study fellowship that we have here and be faithful, you know, just faithful. And he says, I'd like to come back to church when I can, and I'd like to make that Bible study some more if I can. You know, heaven's looking sweeter and sweeter to those nearest the gates of pearl. It, it really is. I remember <clears throat> when I got saved, I was 15, something like that, 15 or 16 years old. And uh, when I got saved, I would hear people say, you know, well, there's more people on that side than, than are on this side, and, and I'm looking forward to heaven and it gets sweeter every every day. And you know what? That's the truth. And over the years, it's just more and more and more like that. I have so many r- relatives and friends and loved ones and Christians that have made an impact in my heart, my life. And, and I'm not that old. <laughs> but hey, the, the older I get, the more are actually moving into their new residence. And it is. It's getting sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Heaven is going to be more than tongue or pen can tell as the song goes. Revelation 21 gives great anticipation for what is revealed in heaven and about heaven. You remember my favorite verse in Revelation 21, verse number 4. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. I love love that verse. I love this entire chapter that talks about heaven and talks about the, the glories, the blessings of heaven. But there's only just so much that is revealed. There's only so much that, that, that we can understand, that we can that we can accept. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 9, the Bible says, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Did you hear that? We've never seen the like. We, we don't understand. We can't even imagine. It hasn't even entered into our heart the glories and the, and the joys of what God has prepared for them, for them that love him. Greater than what we can imagine. Wow, I can imagine a lot. I got a, I got a wild imagination. And it's more than I can even conceive of. See, God does that. Ephesians 3.20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly above all that we ask or think. God's able to do more than even what we can think. And when he's revealing to us about heaven, there's just so much that can be shared. There's just so much that can be gotten across for somebody that has never experienced that. They don't know about heaven. They've never been there. They've never experienced that. But one thing's for sure, God can do and does more than we can ask or think. Wow. No matter what kind of a sermon is preached, it can't hold a candle to reality when it comes to heaven and to eternal reward. When the Queen of Sheba, in the Old Testament, he, she went to visit Solomon, who was a type of Christ, she was blown away. The Bible says, First Kings 10, verse 6, And she said to the king, It was a true report that I heard in mine own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom, howbeit I believed not the words until I came, and mine eyes have seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and thy prosperity exceedeth the fame which I heard. Happy are thy men. Happy are these thy servants which stand continually before thee and that hear thy wisdom. Yes, heaven's everlasting glory is even greater than the pictures of the types of Solomon as the Bible says. A Greater than Solomon is here. And here's the Queen of Sheba when she, she said she heard about that. In our own land, you know what? In this land, we can hear about heaven. We can we can hear about the joys of heaven and what about our glorified bodies? Oh, baby, we can eat and never stop because <laughs> we'll never be gorged. I don't know if that's true or not, but <laughs> hey, don't bother me. This is what I'm imagining about heaven. I want to I want to accept that. That's good. I'll, I'll go there, right? But but we can eat. You remember Jesus in his glorified body when he. After his resurrection, he had a physical body, but it was a glorified body where he was able to come through doors that were locked, and he appeared, and he ate bread and fish, the Bible says. So with our glorified bodies, it says that we'll be like Jesus, we'll see him as he is. I'm not exactly sure what all that means, but we're not going to have the the constraints of time and space that these physical bodies have. Wow. Wow. I, I'm looking forward to, to heaven. And, and When the Queen of Sheba, who went to Solomon and said, well, I heard about it when I was in my land, but it didn't come close to the truth or the, the magnitude of the glory and of the, of the, the, the awesomeness of, of what she heard about. And folks, that's the truth. We're, we're hearing about heaven in this land, but I don't know that we can come close to it. There are concepts that, we can't even imagine. There, there, are, there are things that will change that we, we won't even be able to comprehend until we're there, and then we get to enjoy. We're there. We get to see. We're there. And just as she said, the half was not told me. Listen, the greatest sermon in the world is not going to do heaven justice because we're going to get there, and you're going to say, Preacher, you didn't tell us half of what this place is. That's right. That's right heaven's everlasting glory the most eloquent pictures of heaven here don't reveal the half of it so let's get into this chapter about heaven revelation chapter 21 we started off with verse 7 that's our text and we're going to go back to that go let's go back to the beginning of the chapter revelation chapter 21 verse number 1 and i saw a new heaven and new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea It says, a new heaven, a new earth. The first are are passed away. The first one was redone, scoured of the curse. You see, you remember when Adam sinned, Adam was cursed, and he took on a sinful nature. All of a sudden, his body was was set on a pathway to death and destruction. He immediately died spiritually, separated from God, but his body then began to to, uh, be frail and die, and ever since then, it's appointed unto on man once to die. Every single man dies. Doesn't matter the chirogenics that people try to uh, uh, put in place to live forever. No, that's not going to happen. That doesn't happen here on earth because we die. We have inherited the sinful nature, the curse upon Adam. We all then die. But it was not just upon Adam, but it was upon the, the surroundings. It was Adam and the world, the ground, he says, and the ground, cursed be the ground for thy sake, God said. All of, all of the physical universe, the material u- universe of creation was touched by that uh, uh, curse. This new heaven and the new earth will be scoured from the curse, free of corruption, free of all rebellion that, that we know of today that originally took place. Took, uh, 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 power in in uh, Lucifer, the fallen angel, and has been bought into by a fallen man. Now, now this city called heaven from God. See, all things of splendor are from God, but this is His crowning creation. John chapter fourteen, verse number two. This is what Jesus said about this place: In my Father's house are many mansions. And I know there's Bible scholars that talk about, okay, it really means compartments. And it could be like uh, uh, townhouses or whatever. You know, I I could understand that. But my Bible says mansions. Don't bother me. (laughs) I got a mansion, okay? And I know what a mansion is. And I know what a mansion looks like. I got a mansion. And this is what Jesus said. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. You know, there's people that want to say, no, it's going to be like this. It's going to be. You don't know. I don't know either. The only thing I can go by is what Jesus said. So in this house or in this place called heaven, a city, four square called heaven, there are dwelling places that he calls a mansion, meaning opulent, meaning uh, glorious, meaning it'll, it will wow you. We have the lifestyles of the rich and famous where that guy that's got the English accent, and no, we have this, and now look at this, these rooms, and now whatever. Hey, Listen. In heaven, it's going to be really, really cool. And Jesus said, there's many mansions. And and then he says, if it were not so, I would have told you. I'm, I'm being straight with you. I go to prepare a place for you. Isn't that cool? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He's going to prepare a place for us. Hey, folks. The God who created this whole universe of grandeur and majesty was made in six days and he rested. Jesus said he went to prepare a place for us and then he's going to come back and receive us. I don't know that he's done like immediately or in construction still. I don't know. It's been a long time. He's been gone about 2,000 years. Uh, That's... It's just getting the, the finishing touches. I don't know, <laughs> folks. This is cool. And I think about this this mansion. It's reserved. He says, "I go to prepare a place for you." It's reserved. It's unoccupied. It's corded off with a sign that says, uh, "Do not enter. Uh, this is for uh, the the uh, uh, dwellers that you know will." Well, uh, in, infest, no, what do you call that? Inhabit, move in, occupy, occupy, thank you. I, I need a little help from my friends. Thank you, friends, for helping the preacher. You know, sometimes I get that brain thing, uh, give me a word, give me a word. Yeah, occupy. So First <clears throat> Peter chapter 1, verse 4, that's what it says. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. I like the rest of that, who are kept by the power of God. That you said, folks, we don't keep it ourselves. Thank the Lord. I would have lost it a long time ago. I'm kept by the power of God, but it's a place in heaven reserved for me. Uncorruptible, undefiled. Hey, listen, it's a place that I don't I can't even imagine what it's like, but it's got a sign on it and it says, reserved for the right reverend rich Farinella. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. <laughs> That's it. You know what? I've never, I've never liked those words. I'm not a reverend. I mean, that's people call me reverend because it's a religious term. The Bible says his name is Reverend. I'm not reverend. I'm, I'm worthless. But anyway, it's, it's got a sign that says, "Rich Farinella. This is his mansion, and it's reserved. It's right. Cool. That is so cool." I'm looking forward. I can't wait to move in. Well, I could wait a little bit, you know, but I mean, I'm looking forward to moving in when it's his time. So that's what, that's what we, we have here in verse number one through verse number three. He's talking about, you know, this place. And, then, and he makes reference to the bride of Christ. That's the church. And, and here it's a place called heaven God finally consummating his sacrifice and love by intimate fellowship with men. That's what he says. In verse number three, this is his original, his ultimate purpose with the human race, what God always intended. So many times I've looked through my Bible and I've studied and tried to come up with why did God even make us? I don't know. He's self-sufficient, doesn't need us, but he desired to have fellowship with his creation, a creation that voluntarily serve him or love him, not forced. Isn't that something, isn't that a a wonderful thing that God has given us free will? I call it sovereign free will, meaning that he doesn't step into that. He says, it's up to you. You want this? Fine. You don't, that's up to you. These are the consequences, but it's up to us. The Bible says in verse number three, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them. Folks, that's the idea. That's the purpose. That's what God wanted originally to begin with. To to fellowship with us. And they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. Union and fellowship and love. Wow. Look at verse number 6 in this chapter. Revelation 21, 6. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst Of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Now, we're not going to dwell on this right now because this is at the end of the message. Whenever you see this verse show up again, you'll know that we're at our end, and then you can kind of get your purse together and your Bible and everything else. But don't get ready to go until we get back here. But what you want to see here early on, God gives the solution, and it's in the word free freely he gives the water of life freely but let's go on verse number eight says but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part and the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death oh stop right there now wait a minute wait a minute there are prohibitions of this place of this perfect place, a place where there's no defilement, a place where there's things that, uh, nothing that defiles can enter into. It says, now wait a minute, these things are excluded. These people, those who are guilty here, they're excluded. Uh Uh-oh, this is the first sign of trouble for sinners. It's a bar. It's a a disqualification. You cannot enter if you're in this condition. You cannot enter if this is you. Wednesday night i think yeah it was just this last wednesday when uh, brother tim had some difficulties he had to go to the hospital there in providence in everett and uh, so we heard about that and so after the service i wanted to, to uh, run by there and see him and brother jeff and i went uh, brother jeff andrus one of our deacons And um, he's also a a chaplain in the, in Snohomish County. And uh, so we got together, we said, yes, let's go, go see how Brother Tim is. So what we did was we, we went to the Providence and, and it was, I don't know, by the time we got there, it was 10 o'clock or 1030, something like that, It's that night. And there in Everett with this uh, Colby campus, they, uh, uh, they have security that's beefed up in the evening. Because you, you, there's crazies everywhere. And so they just want to protect. If anybody's going to visit, they got to make sure. And so you go through this this uh, uh, deal where, you, you know, you, it's kind of like over at the airport where they scan you. And if you have any, uh, you know, metal or things like that, then they, they kind of, you know, scan it and then they take it. And you can't have any weapons. Well, I carry, you know, I carry... Uh, um, 38 and I do that with me um, in areas around here especially at night and I, I had realized it but it was in my jacket the jacket that I took and so we're, we're here in line and I'm like two or three up 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 ahead in line ready to go through where the police officer is kind of checking people and I realized, oh man I, I'm carrying I don't carry it in the pulpit by the way that might get it in the way so, so you can get me mad all you want to you're okay here but uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm there, and I, and I read the sign, you know, oh, yeah, right, so what do I do, you know? Uh, well, maybe I'll just try to go through Well, no, I wasn't going to do that, so. <laughs> I, listen, I went, I was I was going out to a Mariners game, oh, I don't know, five, six years ago. And, you know, I, I didn't want to park in the parking, you know, it has that giant parking where you get in, and then you can never get out, you know, for about a day and a half. So. Anyway, so I parked down the street, you know, five, six blocks away, found some parking. I'm heading towards Safeco field, and here's one of the policemen that was there directing traffic and I'm going by and I realize I have my gun, you know, because like I say, I, t- I take it with me, especially when I go to Seattle or you know where there's a lot of people and uh and I'm realizing, well wait a minute i I wonder if you can actually take a gun in a you know uh no, some of you look at me. No, right? No, you know. So I stopped. I didn't know. Duh. I asked the police officer. I said, uh, uh, "Sir, I, I carry, and I got my gun, and I'm going to a game. And, and uh, um, will they will they let me in, or can I?" Store? He looked at me. and says, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> I go, "Sorry for being born," you know. And he said. He says, you can't take, you can't take a, a gun in an in a, a amphitheater or whatever they call that, a stadium. And I go, yeah, that makes sense. I should have thought, you know. So I said, okay, well, I'll go back and, and lock it up in my car. And then he says, you can't lock that up in your car. I said, well, why not? He says, because every car around here is broken into. And then that's going to be on the street and it's going to be done, you know. And then I'm going, well, what do I do, you know? You didn't give me any help at all, you know. I'm not going to end that story, okay? So I'm going to go on, but, but I want I to just talk about the other night when I was going through uh, at Providence and I'm I'm going through this thing and it says, "Nope, cannot enter if you uh, you know, have a weapon or whatever." So there I did go back to the car and you know, put it back in. But but you got to understand there's rules. Rules that the proprietor has right to say because it's their property and they whatever they're doing, this, these are their rules and so I have to comply. And so coming into that, that sign says no, if, you, if this is you, you qualify like this, you have this on you or whatever, you cannot enter. And they have other rules like if you're, you've got uh, you know, communicable, communicable diseases or whatever, same thing. You know? B- because there's rules. There's, you can't get in here if, and folks, that's what we read. In Revelation 21, verse number eight, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. You're not getting into heaven. No, no, there's a place for you, but it's not heaven. You're disqualified. It's stated a different way in our text in verse number 27. Look at that again. Revelation 21, 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie. <clears throat> Folks, at that point, as an individual, I have to stop and say, uh-oh, wait a minute. I might not make the grade. I don't I can't, I don't qualify. You have to count me out. If heaven is a place that's, that's a place that, that no defilement can enter. I'm out. I'm out. I'm a sinner. So there's a few reasons of why you have to count me out for heaven. Number one, because I defile. You know that verse? Revelation 21 27? There shall no wise enter in it, into it anything that defileth. I defile. I defile everything. Everything I touch becomes defiled. Everything that man touches becomes polluted. It's tarnished. That's why my altar couldn't be manufactured, if you will. No tool upon it. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 25, when God was uh, directing the the children of Israel, listen, when you're going to worship me and you're going to build an altar... Don't make it. Don't don't be taking your tools to this because once you touch that, once you start uh, uh, manufacturing something, it's defiled. He says, and if thou wilt make an altar of stone, thou shalt not build it of hewn stone. For if thou lift up thy tool upon it, thou hast polluted it. Polluted it. It's kind of like King Midas. Anything you touch, except it doesn't turn to gold, turns to garbage. And that's that's it's in the reverse. Everything becomes polluted. And God knew that when he, when he talked about men worshiping. You touch it, it's going to become polluted. Because men are sinners, because men defile. I defile my human efforts of redemption if I, if I want to try to be saved on my own. Listen, that's a, that's a defilement. You can count me out there because if I try to save myself... The Bible calls that counting the blood <coughs> of the covenant an unholy thing. <coughs> Here's what Jesus did: He offered His blood, which is the only thing that can that can wipe away sin. The only thing that where where our pardon comes from is the blood of Christ. That's it. Just like God says, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. How do you do that? Where do you get your sins forgiven? By the blood of Christ. Not your works, not your religion, not your baptism, not, not your efforts, not your good intentions. No, none of that. It's by the blood of Christ. And if I want to do this myself, as the Bible says very clearly in Hebrews, then I'm, I'm uh, uh, trying to do this on my own, and I count the blood of the covenant, the blood that Jesus shed, as worthless as defiled, as, as, as uh, an unholy thing. Folks, let me tell you something. That's offensive to the Father who made such an immense sacrifice for you. There's only one way for you to be saved, one way for your redemption, and it's not by your works. It's not by your efforts. It's only by the blood of Christ. And somebody says, well, I'm, I'm not going to need the blood of Christ. I'll go my own way. Yeah, here's Cain putting up his own uh, uh, offering. The offering from the garden. And God had already instructed those boys. No, no. it's one thing that would be acceptable, and that's the lamb. That's the blood. And that's what Abel did. He just followed instructions. Maybe he didn't understand it all, but he followed the instructions. You know what God was saying? Only from Christ. That's that's the only place you can get forgiveness. Only place you can get pardoned. Only place. Anything else is Defiled. So, <clears throat> I don't make the grade. You're going to have to count me out because I defile. Number two, I work abomination. And that's, that's typical for me. That's typical for us. For folks who are sinners. I really enjoyed what Brother uh, Nick said this morning. Talking about, you know, how we look and whatever. Folks, we're all sinners. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This is, a, this is a, a house full of sinners. This is a house full of people that that don't have it together and are not, are not perfect and, and are so flawed. Sinners saved by grace, though. Thank the Lord. Amen. Oh, thank the Lord. But we're sinners. We work abomination. And that's typical for us because we're prone to sin. You see, when I come to Revelation 21, 27, and there show no wise enter into it, here's a sign that says, Sorry. you don't have access to this place. Nothing that comes in which defiles or or, uh, worketh abomination. And then it says, neither whatsoever uh, or maketh a lie. See, you can count me out because I lie. Sorry. I lie. Many times I, I... don't tell the truth, and, and I justify it, just like you do. I kind of I say, well, it's okay, or everybody would understand, but I don't tell the truth. I wish i never told lies. I wish I would always tell the truth from here on to the rest of my life, but you know what? I lie. Psalm 116, verse 11, I said in my haste, All men are liars. Yeah, go ahead and deny that you lie. You're in church. (laughs) And God's watching. And I'm listening. And I know better. Because the Bible says all men are liars. Somebody says, yeah, but I don't lie. Liar. (laughs) Get out of here. Liar. That's a liar right there. See, I have to be taught to tell the truth lying comes naturally. It comes naturally from the time that we're babies. It's this little baby, you know, that's just such a wonderful thing. Babies are so innocent, and they're so wonderful, and, and pure, and they come in a nursery, and they're just, they, oh, it's wonderful, but they're all little heathens. <laughs> they are. Your children, my children, all little heathens. I got 16 grandchildren heathen. I love them all. But they're all little heathen. See, listen, a, a kid who learns I'm I've got you know, I'm hungry. Wah, and mama picks me up. Hey, cool, look at that. Got something wrong? Wah, and, you know, daddy picks me up, or siblings or whatever, <clears throat> says, Hey, I'm just kinda bored here. Wah, hey, they pick me up, look at that. What's wrong? Well, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You little liar, you, you were crying. It sounded like you were you're, you're hurting yourself or something. Nothing wrong, no. Folks, we're we are good at it. We're good at portraying things that are just not so. The Bible says in Psalm 58, verse number 3, the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. How does, the, how does somebody that doesn't know how to talk yet speak lies? Well, yeah, but we're, we, we learn that. We learn deception. Well, you know what? Because the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's all of us, folks. When it says all men are liars, that's where we are. And, and we, we fail God. We, we've broken his commandments, his perfect, his holy commandments, and we've broken them. We're sinners by nature, but also sinners by choice. <clears throat> Adam sinned and we inherited his, his sinful nature. According to the word of God, we are in trouble because we are sinners. Revelation 21, verse number 8, again, But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I can see about the murderers and that, but liars. This says that. If you break God's, but that's what the Bible says. If you, here's the 10 commandments or God's perfect holy laws. If you, you transgressed in one point, you're guilty of it all. You're a transgressor. Whether you murder somebody. You know, many times I try to witness to somebody and talk to them about Christ and then, hey, listen, I don't need that. Now, Stosh over there, he's a sinner. Go talk to him. I never murdered anybody or I don't cheat on my wife or whatever, so I'm okay. No, no, no. We're all sinners. Jesus said, unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. We don't get it. We're all sinners. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not one. Listen, the Bible makes it very clear. There's not a a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Everybody is in in that case. And this says that these things, uh, sinners, Uh, whether it be uh, the fearful, unbelieving, abominable murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. Oh, no, wait a minute. I failed then. I'm disqualified. There's a sign that says I can't enter. Right, exactly. Pay attention. What do you think God says what he doesn't mean? You think words don't mean something when he says, all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. Again, in verse number 27, And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, even a liar. Thank God it doesn't end there, because so far I'm saying, I'm out. I I can't make it. Count me out. There's a sign that says, I can't enter. But it goes on, thank the Lord. Verse number 27, it says, those can't make it, but... They which are written in the Lamb's book of life. See, the truth is, I can be redeemed. Mankind can be redeemed. Everybody's not going to heaven, but for those that have their names written in the book of life, hey, they will be able to enter, even though they don't deserve it, even though they have broken God's laws. But, hey, this trumps everything. Hey, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life, Those are the ones that can enter. See, it's only for the ones who receive God's free gift of salvation. To those become the sons of God, the Bible says very clearly. When you're born again, you get a spiritual birth certificate held in the records of heaven. That book that your name is written in, it's called the book of life. And it's just like I have somewhere in the city of Chicago, in the uh, records department of, uh, of the... Uh, governmental uh, services, it's my name, 1958, December 1st, 1958, there was a a little guy that was, I don't know, six pounds or seven pounds, that came out screaming. And uh, I I wasn't born in the hospital. I was born at my house. My dad delivered me, and he dropped me on my head. That's why I am who I am. But anyway... (laughs) But my dad delivered me, and they waited for Then doctors made made house calls. The doctor made a house call to, to check and to write out the birth certificate. And he's writing out the birth certificate. That's a whole nother story here. I, I've told that before where, you know, my aunt actually wanted her name to be mom and, and to take me away. And anyway, they saved me. <laughs> so, but, you know, the, the, the doctor said, okay, who's the dad, who's the mom, you know, when they were born. And I've got a record of my birth, and it went to... City of Chicago in Cook County and there's a record place. There's some kind of a file whether it's a um, physical file or electronic file where my name is placed in there and I have a birth certificate. Folks, do you know something? When you get born again your name is put into the book of life. That's Heaven's birth certificate. In Revelation chapter 20 verse number 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book, folks, that's, that other book is, is vital. That is key. Because we're all sinners, and because we should all be counted out, we need an end somehow, and it's that book. It says the books were opened, plural, but then there was this other book that is not like those books. It's a different kind of a book. This is the book of life. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. That's plural. All the books. All the massive books. All the records of of history and and what has actually taken place. Everything that has ever uh, uh, happened has been recorded. Every event. Every thought. Every intention, everything of a person's life has been recorded. You, you ever see that little track, This Was Your Life, where this guy dies and he goes, and it's just like a big movie screen, and it shows all of his life from the very beginning all the way to the end. Those are the books, plural. That's his works. That's what he's done. That's the history of this man, <laughs> the efforts, but also the failures and the sins and the transgressions. All, all of these are, are the books, the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Verse 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. That's, those are the books. Those are the, the, the damning books. Those are the, the things that you never want to, to be uh, revealed in that courtroom, but they're there. And it's recorded everything. Wanted to have it uh, erased. Folks, I don't know what you think about this Epstein thing, whether it was, you know, whatever. But there's, you know what? Whether that's like that or not, there's many, many, many times in the, in the, 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 the annals of human history, there have been those who wanted to erase uh, history. They wanted to erase evidence, wanted to erase witnesses, or the books, or, or, or damning evidence. Let me tell you something. Everything, everything in the damning evidence of you and me, in those books, Every time that you've sinned, every time you've acted selfishly, every time that you've, that you've uh, rebelled against God's ways and God's will, everybody's judged according to, to their, their works, it says. Verse 14, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life. Folks, that's so important. That book of life, that one book, that's, that birth certificate, repository. Does it have your name in it? It's got my name in it. I was born again. I was born again January 10th, 1974. I remember the time. I didn't exactly know what was going on then, but now looking back, I I saw exactly what took place there. I was born into God's family. I received him, and to them give me power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name which were born not of blood, nor the will of man, nor the will of flesh. They were born of God. That's when I was born again, and that was when my name was placed into that book of life. Thank God. If your name's not written into the book of life, it's history. It's curtains for you. You're done. The most important question in the world then is, is your name written in that book of life? Do you have a, a spiritual birth certificate? See, folks, the only way into heaven is through the sacrifice of Christ. He paid the price totally, in full. Matter of fact, the last thing he said on the cross was, It is finished. That's why the entrance into this perfect holy place is through pearls. I don't know if we read this or not, but in that chapter that we are at, in Revelation chapter 21, look at verse 21. And the twelve gates were of twelve pearls. Every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold as it was transparent glass. A pearl is made by the pain and the irritation of an impurity, hurting the clam or the oyster that it's in. It's coated over and over and over again with that substance, and then that's how we get a pearl. Well, a cost... The pain of our Savior to offer an entrance into heaven, it cost him everything. Now it's free to us, but it costs him everything. But see, each one of the gates into heaven is one giant pearl. Gates of pearl. Cost him everything. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord we have entrance into heaven. But it's by our Savior. Now remember that verse, Revelation 21, 6. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the of the water of life freely. Yes, 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 it's free to me. And it's free to you, folks. It's free. It's there upon his account. You can't make it on your own. You can't save yourself. He's provided it all, and it's free, and it's waiting for you. Won't you be saved? Won't you be saved? The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. This, this place called heaven is, is way beyond. Folks, it's way beyond. And it's reserved in heaven. And there's a mansion that Jesus wants to give you. But the only people who go in there are the ones with their name in the book of life. Your name, not in, there's a sign, no entrance. You can't make it. Are you saved? Amen. Are you born again? Big question. Every head bowed, nobody looking for just a moment.